The following podcast is a Rotten Corpse Radio production. Ready, set, podcast! Welcome to this week's edition of the Sci-Files. This is Axel, and with us today is Heather and the producer, Brian. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the sci-fi movie Valerian. But before that, I have to say that today is August 21st, 2017. The full-on eclipse happened today. And O-M-G, just the insanity of people driving hundreds and even thousands of miles and flying to come up into Oregon for a three-minute show. I mean, really. Don't listen to him. It's actually fun. It was enjoyable. I got to see it. So, don't listen to him. <laughs> I um, only got to see portions of it. I was actually online shopping for pet stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to plug the website because, well, obviously we're not being sponsored by them, so why bother? And uh, <laughs> But I'll say this. They're cheaper than the uh, Chewy.com competitor, and, yeah, that's what I was doing the whole time. I like I turned my head, and I could see out the door the kind of shadows turn to just nothing but black and then back to shadows again. Um, but I don't know. I, was just, I wasn't too interested in it. Uh, but I was actually more interested in working today, but that didn't happen either. So. <laughs> yeah, I was working today. I think it's more of also who you're with. I got to hang out with my dad this morning, mm-hmm. and we woke up around not close to 9. We went out and had breakfast, and we... And it was cool too because we weren't just the only ones going in and out wearing the glasses and checking out this, you know, checking out the solar eclipse from not from like nine to ten thirty. So yeah. it's not just a three minute show. It's actually pretty cool. And if you are with a bunch of people checking things out, you know, it it can make it very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> That's actual nonsense. <laughs> no, I'm shaking my head because I just it was. Shaking. I I got gas on Friday and the 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 gas attendant told me that one of her customers had come through and they had rented a house to watch the eclipse mm-hmm. and to rent this house is in one of the rural areas where it's supposed to be really good viewing they spent $38,000 to rent this house for like Ooh. a week or so and I'm like that's just okay first off give me the money I, I could use it secondly to spend $38,000 for to watch a solar eclipse I mean, it's... It, what is wrong with people? 
Whoever, I don't know, but whoever um, owns the house was like making out like a bandit. No doubt. <laughs> and I guess uh, in this rural area, houses go for like $55,000 total. And that is like, okay. <laughs> you know, they just paid off their house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe make that necessary uh, renovation. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, uh, I guess just... For the fact that it's a once, in, you know, it's like a once in so many, you know, lifetimes. It, there's going to be another one in seven years, people. <laughs> okay. Over Oregon. So. <laughs> so I'll never get the chance to see it again in seven years unless I make the travel. So. Eh. Yeah, that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> state to state. Saw Valerian. Went and saw Valerian. I liked it, it even though it got bad reviews from critics and. You know, Rotten Tomatoes gave it you know, like a low score. I thought it was a great movie. I really did. With Now, having said that, I have to say that there were parts of Valerian that, while were entertaining and cool to watch, had no part whatsoever in really being necessary to the storyline. They could have been completely cut out, and Valerian could have been a slightly shorter movie by like a 45 minute shorter movie and it still would have flowed just as well without these parts in it but you know they were cool scenes and all and they did show the culturally diverse dynamic of the whole city and space that they were trying to get across but it just they weren't necessary for the movie plot really hmm. I think for me it was mainly, um, it was a really good movie. I do agree there were scenes in there that wasn't necessary. I think for me the takeaway was, now I do like the occasional romance stories in movies, but the fact that they just started right off as this one romance story and just every single time they open their mouths it's some kind of, oh please can you date me, can you love me, blah blah blah, and I'm like, dude, get it over with. <laughs> Good grief. Have the gratuitous sex scene and let's move on. Exactly. <laughs> and then you get the, and then the other thing was a takeaway was you're having all this, it's the whole scripting is like this big mature, I feel like I should be watching something from like a, from people that are, should be in the age of 30 to 40 years old. But the two main characters look like they're in their teens, like, like they're teenagers or early 20s and I'm like, this conversation they're having is not quite um, parallel to their looks. Hmm. Now, I'm going to say for our listeners, if you haven't seen Galarian or don't know anything about it, it's actually based off of a French comic strip that became like a graphic novel series. Um, and it's... The, aside from it you know, featuring the main characters, which are the show, it's the agent Valerian and his partner Lorelai. It's a focus about a city in space that was built up like, basically you take the uh, international space station that we have now and over the next thousand years it just kept getting added to until it became so large that they had to kick it out of Earth's orbit because if it, it was basically the size of the moon and if it fell, there was going to be a problem, so they just let it drift off into space. And 
other races kept adding to it and continuing to. So there's this huge uh, cultural diversity of a thousand different races in this city and space, um, which I thought was very cool. And they they definitely the visual effects for this and the te technological concepts that they were portraying the different races having different technological bents and whatnot was very cool that they portrayed in the movie and those parts were appreciatively small in the context of the movie as opposed to what I was saying before about entire sequences of the movie that just needed to be cut out <laughs> um, but I did think it was very cool especially the technology parts of it yeah um, because if you the, the 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 whole the movie aside from being about the main characters who are investigating certain happenings that are going on is about a race that starts off being pretty much you know like Native Americans mm -hmm. uh, in the United States Kinda. Aboriginals becoming this technological powerhouse by the mere fact that they're able to do all of their study and research in the city and space. Hmm. And it's very cool. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite part was the actual, the creativity of the storyline, where you have this one race that, it starts off with like this, not the movie starts off, but it tells a story about this race who's, they're happy, they're in paradise. And then it gets blown up. Literal paradise, Literally. actually. <laughs> Literal paradise. And so Valerian kind of stumbles upon the information without realizing that he actually got attached to the princess's um, spirit. Spirit when she dies. Hmm. And this is like the court, and they sit, and this is the course of like 30 years. Yeah. And so. The whole that whole thing I kind of liked. It was a nice creative way of bringing something original and new together. Yeah. And of course, this movie—I um, mean, just based on the trailers—I personally haven't seen it yet, and I, I am kind of eagerly looking forward to it. Now, regardless of what critics will say, because I mean, we can go back on what critics have said. And the movie doesn't really get too much praise in, all, you know, I mean, on IMDb it gets a little bit better rating. It's like a 6.7 out of 10. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gets it a 51%. Um, Empire.com, 2 out of 5. And it's kind of it's kind of a weird, you know, I mean, if those are swaying your decisions in any way, really think about this. Just judging by visual effects that you'll see within the trailer and previous movies that uh, Luc Besson actually had directed like The Fifth Element, Lucy, The Extraordinary Adventures of uh, Adele uh, Blancset. I mean, it's it's a very, you know, step forward, you know, a gradual step forward in that filmmaking, you know, in that style of filmmaking, you know, with colorful you know, arrangements, uh, you know, stunning visual effects. And, I mean, going back to The Fifth Element, that came out in the 90s. Yeah. And that movie was fucking amazing. Yes, it was awesome. It, <laughs> it was cool. For the longest time, it was my favorite movie. Yeah. And, I mean, I saw Lucy, too, when it yeah, came Lucy out. Yeah, Lucy was cool. Lucy was great. I mean, I loved the whole, I loved the whole concept of Lucy and the fact of, of how something like that, based on our current 
yeah. chemical technology might actually occur, though most likely, you know, you know, I'd be the one to get injected with all that stuff and, you know, I'd die of poisoning rather than ascending to, you know, being an omnipotent being. But, you know, it was, it was the cool idea of it was the fact that uh, a chemical concoction made by humans that can be made today oh yeah uh, was responsible for her power up basically yeah and I know a lot of people like kind of shit and pissed all over that movie just based on you know like the slow nature of it but realistically Lucy was in my opinion like a big budget indie film yeah you know it told a really good story mm-hmm. it it kind of keep, it keeps you um, captivated with the action sequencing and everything else, but also kind of allows you to kind of be more involved in the science behind the you know behind yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I, I I liked it for the fact that I didn't think it was that slow. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was the gradual build up to the climactic end. Oh yeah. Uh, and and they they used some you know normal tropes. In the movies, but they built up to it in such a different way that you weren't expecting it till right up at the end. It was literally she was on the you know ten, nine, eight, seven countdown all yeah. the way to one, and then boom, she was oh now she's gone. But wait, no, she's not. So <laughs> you know it, she was able to save herself at the last second. You know that that typical movie trope. But yeah. the way they built up to that, I thought was pretty cool. Another cool thing is for uh, action sci-fi fans um, out there, um, if you were a fan of Dane DeHaan, who had been in um, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, as well as uh, Metallica's Through the Never, uh, the movie Chronicle, Life After Beth, which is probably one of my more favorite zombie-themed independent films, um, Kill Your Darlings. I mean, he's a great actor. Um I can't imagine he's going to give anything but an exceptional performance. It was he did a um, good job as Valerian, and he did, a, he did a good job. He really did. Cara Delevingne. Oh yeah. For um, and it wasn't really bad acting either. My yeah. only thing was just a couple. The, I think the scripting probably could have been way better, but yeah. the storyline, the graphics, the um, special effects. You know how, for me, it's kind of like, I always say stores got ruined for me because of the too much graphics. Yeah. They laid it on just right for me in Valerian that it what it actually almost seemed, I could see this possibly happening. I oh, could, yeah. I, I agree. The, the, the visual effects, mm-hmm. unlike, unlike Ghost in the Shell, I think the, the visual effects of Ghost in the Shell were a little over the top in some respects. In Valerian... They were just right. They kind of fit. It, it, yeah. Everything fit. Everything that they did. I mean, they didn't. They did as much physical acting as they could do in the movie in comparison to the CG and voice acting that had to go on to make the movie work. Yeah. But yeah, the physical aspect. And I mean, they even at one point combined CG effect with physical acting because. Uh, of how they combined two of the characters to do uh, a, a uh, I guess, a disguise scene. They take a CG character yeah. and a live-action character, and they have to put them together for a 
a, uh, a, a, a sneaky thing to do. And yeah. so, you know, and it was, it was, the way they did that was really good. Yeah, and there's a lot of movies, like, you know, I mean, either it either comes off weird or, um, or it comes off really stellar and, like... Like by Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> totally killed it. Who thought of a beast as TGI? Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast yet, but I have to say that with all of the makeup effects, I mean, even back when they had the television series, was it originally with Ron Perlman yeah. playing... Uh, Vincent as in the Beauty and the Beast television series. I mean, our actual physical makeup effects have come a long way since then. Oh, yeah, big time. Jim Carrey had makeup head to toe. Oh, yeah. And they can't come up with an actor in a Beast costume? Oh, yeah. It would have been so much better as a live-action actor. (laughs) I know Beauty and the Beast isn't CGI, or not sci-fi, but... Hey, CGI is sci-fi, all right? There you go, so... (laughs) (laughs) but I do applaud the fact that they tone it down enough to where um, it feels like you're actually there it wasn't over the top and they did really well the love stuff probably could have died down a little bit I think that was way too much yeah I do have to you know I don't not ever having read the, the French comic book or graphic or the French comics or the graphic novels which now I'm going to have to go get because yeah. I think I want to read them. I I don't know if in that Valerian is as much of a horn dog as they portray him in the movie because <laughs> they really portray him as he wants to get into Carr's pants. He really does, mm-hmm. and you can tell through the whole movie he really does. Poor, poor Lorelai. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> Cara Delevingne was a great foil for the character. She did a good job. And I've only ever... The only other thing I've seen her in so far has been Suicide Squad, when she plays the sorceress. Which she did. Um, which she did a good job in that, so... Uh, no, Paper Towns. I haven't you seen that one. watched it with me and my friend Liz. Paper did Towns. I watch Paper Towns? Yes, this is the movie where the kid has an ordinary day, never does anything impre- uh, unpredictable, and falls in love with the girl next door who disappears, and he... She oh, clues. yeah, 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 yeah. And I ignored that while I played a video game. Okay. I, <laughs> um, I think one, uh, especially for, like, fans, would probably want to probably want to be, uh, you know, like, critical of is, um, like, putting, like, a star, like, like a singer like Rihanna mm-hmm. in there. That's one of the scenes that I think that they could have cut 90% of it. Yeah. She plays a, uh, her character, it's a CG character. The only reason she's in the movie at all is because her character's a metamorph and morphs into, well, Rihanna over and over again in different outfits. Oh, okay. And there is, like, literally a ten-minute sequence where she's doing her whole song and dance for the main character when what he needs is a person to help him sneak in somewhere who can change their shape. Yeah. And she's a she's kind of like Odo from uh, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's the Only kind prettier. that's the kind yeah, oh yeah, much <laughs> yeah, much prettier. Um, that's the kind of of entity she is. Yeah, cuz like I think for me, I know like I've had recently seen the closing uh, the 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 closing for uh, the series Bates Motel and the fact that she was playing um, uh, who was it? Uh, 
man, I'm drawing a blank on this, but uh, she's she has a pivotal, you know, she has like a main role um, from the original Psycho movie where she's supposed to get stabbed in the shower. That was mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis's mom's character, um, and it wasn't the fact that she was playing her that bugged me; it's the fact that she didn't die. That's the part that bugged me the most. Oh. <laughs> it was like it, it didn't they didn't portray the they didn't portray it properly and they just kinda did their own thing and it was kinda yeah. it, it was kinda disappointing. Rihanna so. did a pretty good job here. Even she even did the voice of Bubble and Yeah. That's the character she played yeah. Bubble. And she does a pretty good job. It was just yeah, I mean it was like a ten minute show yeah. of her singing, dancing and morphing and which yeah. was kinda entertain which I can't which if you kind of watch it it kind of made sense but at the same time you didn't really need it you could have probably yeah. cut out maybe like, like 90% yeah <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong seeing seeing her you know do a pole dance up in a g-string and then in a baby doll outfit and then you know a maid outfit okay yeah Rihanna's hot and that was cool and all yeah but <laughs> for furtherance of the story that whole sequence of her singing and dancing and, and doing all of that could have been yeah could have been cut out and they probably only did it because she sings one of the main songs yeah she does sing yeah. one of the main songs and you know, that could have been one movie. of the you know one of the that makes sense yeah. you know they did that like instead of paying her to sing the song and write the song and perform it they paid her by letting her be in the movie hmm. which and the whole sequence don't get me wrong the whole sequence is visually and graphically awesome it, it, it is very cool. Uh, this movie also has uh, Clive Owen, uh, yes. Ethan mm-hmm. Hawke, John awesome Goodman, job. Herbie Hancock, which I was kind of surprised to see. Um, Rutger Hauer. Uh, yes. Just kind of, just kind of a, a, a weird kind of mashup of different people. Yep. Um, they do a pretty good job. Clive actually... Yeah, Not that I don't want to spoil too much, but he actually plays a decent bad guy. Yeah. Mm. And, well, and see, that's the thing, though. Clive's character is a bad guy. Yeah. But in the cons- on, in the context of being a... I mean, realistically, he's a war criminal. Yeah. However, what he did won the war hmm. that they talk about in the movie. What he did basically won them the war. Oh, wow. But his actions were over inhumane. the line. Inhumane, basically. Over the line, yeah. yeah. He was a war criminal, and he basically is hiding it in, in, in mm-hmm. his part of the movie. And I've seen Clive Owen in a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, the very first thing I saw him, very sci-fi thing, the very first thing I saw him in was a video game called Privateer 2. Hmm. And this was right after the Wing Commander series, Wing Commander 3 came out. Yeah where they were doing live action videos as the uh, as the cutscenes. Hmm. I mean Wing Commander 3 I, I want to say was really the big live action cutscene beginner. Huh. Um, and uh, Clive and they had and Privateer was in that uh, gaming universe. Oh wow. And Privateer 2 came out and they did Clive Owen as uh, the main hero. So you you know go through do missions and as long as you follow the storyline you could watch the movie mm-hmm. embedded in the video game which was very cool. Sadly, my first memory of him was from Sin City and then Shoot 'Em Up. Shoot 'Em Up was a good. I movie. love Shoot 'Em Up. Yeah, Shoot 'Em Up was a good movie. God, talk about ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> was can't... the point. Yeah, I know it was great. Like they, there's always like 
like I'm a big like trauma movie fan, so like when they have big budget callbacks to movies like that, it just tickles me. Mm-hmm. It just totally gets me. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was def- that's actually in in the whole Wing Commander thing. That was actually where uh, um, Malcolm McDowell has the distinction of being uh, the best villain in a video game ever hmm. because of that because oh, in, wow. in uh, Wing Commander 4 or 5 whichever one it was he was the bad guy in that and it it, it again movies in the game yeah and yeah he was he was the bad guy and hmm. so the whole yeah so this is not me being female and all of course it I'm is I'm not a huge shoot 'em up fan just because I like the occasional shoot 'em up. Sometimes they do good. I did like Clive Owen's shoot 'em up movie because it was made to be ridiculously stupid. Yeah. And they did an awesome job, and I love the soundtrack. But my main reason is it's all the same. They piss someone off who's good at his job, and then he has to go kill them all. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, and I, I do have to say this on on that note because of the movie Shoot 'em Up. If I ever meet Clive Owen and get to shake his hand, I will take my hair tie out and not have my ponytail. Well, that's one of the scenes in... I Seriously, if you've seen... He says, he, he, doing one of the things when he's talking about... He's voicing like over it. He's doing the voiceover. He's talking about um, you know, the different things that he, he's got to shoot this guy, got to shoot that guy, and he sees one guy over there and says, you know, Older guys like that who wear ponytails, I just really hate that. And he shoots the guy's ponytail off and then blasts him in the head. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm taking my ponytail out when I meet Clive Owen. Remember the uh, carrot? Yeah, I was going to say, if I had a carrot, just hand it to him. I know what you can do with this. Yeah. I respect that. You know what, though? Especially with no hands. I respect that. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you're going to go with, you know, some strange, odd weaponal device that somebody picks up that's, you know, just Jet Li movies. And you're like, oh, yeah. kill somebody with a matchbook. It's like, okay, you, you know, just, you don't mess with Jet Li. That's completely why I like John Wick also, if I can kill two, people, two guys with a pencil. Oh, John Wick. And John Wick 2 was actually pretty good. Is that the one with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. 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 That's the one I did. I, I, his I, best role. I, I finally saw John Wick 2 and that was cool. Yeah, I have to say, next to like the Matrix movies, that's probably those are probably his best. And Bill and Ted. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I don't think Bill and Ted are his best, but I like Bill and Ted. Yeah. And while I'm not a surfer fan at all by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. I honestly thought he did a good job in Point Break. Point Break was awesome, yeah. actually. And the fact that they remade that movie so soon. Yeah. I was like, really? I haven't seen the second one because, I mean, there was no need to remake it from the first one. No, not really. No, <laughs> not at all. And that's, see, that's one of the things that I find really sad when you read a lot of the articles about why sci-fi movies are not doing as well these days mm-hmm. unless they've had the 30 or 40 year following like Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff like that mm-hmm. is because they don't have that following. But the thing is, is that what Hollywood is doing now is that sci-fi is, is one of the big cutting-edge things that's in our world going on. Sci-fi is becoming real. And they're not doing the... And they're not, they're not doing the sci-fi movies. 
or when they try to, people aren't going to see them as much, and I or the critics are panning them, even though fans love them, and it's they're new. Yeah, it's it's because well, they're new that they're not doing so well, according to the articles. Yes and no. But this Why? is what this is what the articles in the media are saying is that sci-fi isn't doing so well unless they've had the thirty or forty year fan base. Yeah. I also think it's just the fact that my problem with movies these days is they're not taking the, they're not they're taking something, they're creating it, but they're not taking it to they're not taking it further. Yeah. I I see a lot of movies these days where they're just stopping. They're not bringing the story further into the story. They're not doing more with it. And unfortunately, with sci-fi fantasy set movies, they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we recently just saw too was the mum, the new, the mummy. The new mummy. My yeah. biggest problem was is the PR. It totally. Well, first of all, it was the name. You did not name a movie after Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. It wasn't it, a mummy movie. It wasn't. Even though they called it The Mummy, it really wasn't a mummy movie. Even though it had elements of the of the one with Brendan Fraser, it was... it. And from the articles I've read, they are trying to include it in the DC's Dark Universe. Um, so... Yeah. Or is it the MCU Dark Universe? Yeah, it's supposed to be like... The Universal's supposed to be uh, reissuing all their classic monster films. So yeah. This is kind of a, a, a step to do that, um, as well as, like... Um, God. I think it started with Benicio Del Toro's Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't and, seen that one yet. Yeah, that was actually really cool. Um, I'll have to take a look at that. Unlike some of the other ones that have been coming out. And I, yeah. I think the next up in that... You know, in that uh, universe is supposed to be um, the creature from the Black Lagoon, which would be really That'd be interesting. Cool. That would be cool. Um, and, uh, but yeah, my whole thing was a lot of sci-fi fantasy movies are not getting the proper PR, and they're yeah. not getting the yeah. They're not getting their sci-fi fantasy representation. In a in a sense, they're almost getting the horror treatment from like mm-hmm. you know from the past like X amount of years because like horror used to always get thrown to the wayside, but now it's become like a part of popular culture because of the zombie movement and everything. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and that's um, been that's been the, the thing with, with yeah. horror movies is it it goes from genre to genre. Yeah. I mean, in the 80s, it was slashers. Yep. In the 90s, it, it started... Um, it kind of went back to the slashers a little bit, but then they started to get into like supernatural horrors. Yep, maybe. supernatural horrors. Um, demonic possessions. In the in the millenniums, it's been the zombies, yep. and now it's getting into the uh, suspense horror. I think is what they're yeah. calling it. And like, and it's kind of funny too with with the way they've kind of done it. And I think sci-fi is starting to get a lot of the same um, kind of backhanded treatment horror used to get for the longest time. And not to say that I'm sad that horror is up in the limelight right now because almost every single channel has one horror series in there. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that you can't really put the... You can't really rest the genre of science fiction just on one channel, you know, no. of television. No, you can't. And that's, and that's kind of the shitty part with, like, with, with sci-fi right now is it's there's they're trying to make a resurgence. Um, they're trying to get its popularity going again, but kind of like what Heather was saying earlier, it's like almost, I mean, the stuff that you're seeing, you know, seeing that's coming out, I mean, all original material. Yeah. But 
They're just I not think, executing it. Yeah, and I think the, um, the like the way like the way Star Trek Discovery is probably getting treated right now too. It's not even going to regular TV. It's going straight to the app. Yeah. So and that sucks. Yeah, but that but I it's think cool. I think that more is to monopolize yeah. on the fact that people are watch people are pulling away from TV and more going to apps like Netflix yeah. and Hulu well, and stuff like that. That and money yeah. and yeah. all of that. And I, that's why I think that play is. Yeah. But but then but then again the new Star Trek series looks on. I mean almost way too advanced for its own good, you know. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, and we talked about that in this the, yeah. the Star Trek Discovery episode. Um, and, and I have to say that in, in Heather's point about sci-fi and fantasy and whatnot, just and you saying it's getting a raw deal, I gotta bring up the Golden Compass because yeah. I thought that movie was absolutely brilliant. And I do know that the Golden Compass got stuck in that Harry Potter, everybody yeah. making a book movie kind of thing. Yeah. And but the fans of the book from all accounts that you read online, loved the movie, but the critics panned it and yeah. said that, you know, aside from its effects, it, you know, it didn't do all that well, and it didn't make as much money yeah. because it wasn't as a popular, it, wa it wasn't Harry Potter. Yeah, and at, le at least it wasn't another one of those stupid dystopian movies either. Yeah, I would, I would <laughs> love to see books. the Golden Compass series continue in the movies yeah. because that first one did a bang-up job of setting it all up. That yeah. and the Golden Compass did screw up a few things from the book because I actually read the well, first book. Well, you know, I never read the Harry Potter books either and I like the movies and I'm not going to read the books because people keep telling me if you read the books it ruins the movies and I'm like yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that so. um, uh, sorry JK but I'm not reading your books man another <laughs> issue I have with a lot of sci-fi fantasy which I get you need to have CGI but unfortunately sometimes they lay too much of it on yeah you know I love I saw a lot of that in this last episode of Game of Thrones I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I haven't watched that either yeah. But yeah, it's just it kind of takes away from the creativity of putting a whole movie together or a show because it's all littered with CGI. Yeah. And you're like, well, where's the realisticness? Where's the realism? No, the old the reason why old uh, four, five, and six worked so well is because they didn't have that technology. They had to be creative what they did, mm -hmm. and it worked. Oh yeah. And I miss that. Yeah. I miss seeing the creativity. That you can go into in that. Yeah, George Lucas invented new technology to make his movies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, hey, we want something cool and sci-fi and special effecty. Oh, hey, CGI. You know, and don't get me wrong. Motion capture stuff has come a long way. I mean, the Warcraft oh, yeah. movie for motion capture was, like, bang on. For I mean, to me, and, and I know some people are probably going to say, oh, actually, you suck. But I, lo I thought the orcs in... The Warcraft movie looked very realistic. Yes, well, the Warcraft um, was actually compared to good. Lord of the Rings. Or compared to Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. well, Lord of the Rings, most of the actors in Lord of the Rings though were uh, done up in makeup yeah. and then just doubled and tripled CGI wise. Yeah, you know, to fill it out to make you know more of them. Which I would have loved to have been on that set, you oh, know, doing the actions, doing the action sequences for that. It was so funny to watch. See, like. 20 guys out there just ah yeah <laughs> well, and, you know that's that that was, I was actually was one of the things I was talking with our sure friend, they more with 20. a friend of ours <laughs> uh, Heather's business partner the other day when we were watching um, 
we were watching the new Sherlock stuff, mm -hmm. and um, we got talking about uh, the Lord. We got talking about the Hobbit and the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch had done uh, the voice for Smaug, and I brought up that the Ralph Bakshi had done uh, the first two episodes of Lord of the Rings after he had seen the Rankin and Bass version of The Hobbit, which, okay, as a kid, I liked it. As an adult, it kind of sucked. But the yeah. technology <laughs> that Ralph Bakshi used was called rotoscoping back then, which mm -hmm. is you take live actors, have them act out the scenes, and then you animate over them mm -hmm. with hmm. a rotoscope machine. And so all of the animation looks very natural mm -hmm. and the motions are, are correct and everything because there's real actors underneath the paint, really? so to speak. Huh. I never even knew they did that. Uh, and, well, he got in trouble for it because uh, he didn't have the rights to do it. Oh. But he did it anyway because the Hobbit that Rankin and Bass did sucked so much. Mm. And, yeah, and so it, if you ever get a chance to do the, uh, Ralph Bakshi's first two Lord of the Rings, uh, and he follows the book almost religiously, which I loved, yeah. are the books. Yeah. When he did it, he follows the books almost religiously, and so, yeah. Um, another thing that CGI has actually taken over is stunts. Uh, one, we watched Wonder Woman the other day, and I noticed a lot of her stunts oh, yeah. was CGI. Spider-Man yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Um, mm. and yeah. Spider-Man Homecoming, which, by the way, is the bomb, you have to see it. It's way better than Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Everything's better than Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I liked the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> I didn't like the other guy whose name the I Amazing Spider-Man. See, I actually like the Andrew Garfield ones. Uh, yeah, I, they, they were okay for what they were. Yeah. But I didn't feel that they needed to reboot. No, I think, but I think a lot of it, too, is just Sony trying to hold on to the IP as well. Yeah. Because like, as soon as Disney got a hold of it, you know, because they have the whole Marvel Universe anyway. They have um, everything. Well, yeah. actually, not quite. They don't, um, which is why the Fantastic Four movies have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I always forget. It's like, yeah, because a lot of those IPs got separated early on, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. Poor Fantastic yeah, Four. I know, right? <laughs> I actually wanted Homecoming to... Uh, I sound kind of weird when I say this, but I, I kind of wanted the Homecoming movies because we've seen so many of... Um, of, like, the reboots of Spider-Man. I almost wanted the... the newer... the newest Spider-Man to be, you know, the Miles um, character instead of um, Peter Parker. Oh, Miles Morales? Yeah. Yeah. I would have rather seen that just because, you know, like... We well, live, we live in a different time, and you know why not? They teased what his new suit and all of that that uh, he was supposedly getting from um, Tony Stark. Yeah. Which in the comic books he does end up with, but it ends up being used by somebody else. They te they they show the suit mm -hmm. that looks like they may be bringing the Iron Spider into the next Spider-Man movie, which huh. would be very cool. Mm -hmm. But um, no, Home Spider-Man Homecoming was really well done. I like the fact it was not another mm -hmm. origin movie. <laughs> Thank God. And it does take place after the Avengers. And I actually like the kid that plays Peter Parker. He actually plays nerdy really well. Hmm. I'm talking like Big Bang Theory nerdy. Yeah, but he plays... He, but and he's the thing, the thing The thing about it is, is that he's playing a nerdy character that has these superpowers and knows that he's no longer really nerdy. Yeah. But 
he has to go into that aspect of his life so that people don't realize it. And yeah, which I thought was he did a very good job. <laughs> of. Mm -hmm. So and we yeah so there we go. And I'm thinking we're getting towards the end of our episode. We are yes. Um, and I wanted to bring up one more thing. If you live in the Portland area and you are going to be at the Rose City Comic Con this year, Ron Corpse Radio is actually going to be there. Yes, Yay! we are. Uh, um, and so far, at least one of us has gotten our press pass. Yep. So, um, if you have any questions you want for any of the celebs, uh, uh, writers, authors, voice actors, whatever you want to call them, uh, go ahead and submit them. We'll, we'll look at them and see if, you know, maybe your question will get it. For me, I'm looking for questions that the actors probably have never been asked before or yeah. so rarely it's that it'll be research. a surprise. Yep. <laughs> I, I want, those are the kind of questions I want to ask. Yeah. Ryan has his own. So. Yeah. Um, and I've been talking with, with, with uh, everybody else from uh, Ron Corpse Radio as well. And, um, and if you'd like to submit a question to us, uh, you can send us a tweet at Rotten Corpse ENT as well as podcast at RottenCorpseRadio.com is our email. Uh, send us your questions, anything you'd like to ask. Um, and just, you know, if you're not sure who's going to be there, just give you a brief list. Um, you can it. look it up at... Uh, RoseCityCommonCon.com. <laughs> Go to the website. To also, the website. also, we'll be posting a link on our website as well, RoseCityCommonCon.com. So, yeah. And I actually wanted to bring up one last thing that you may or may not in add into this, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious. We're talking about all this technology and whatnot that, mm -hmm. that's out there nowadays, uh, especially because of the Larry movie and on its big take on technology was that Facebook had three AI computers that they uh, started to have talk to each other, and these computers immediately came up with their own language, and so Facebook had to shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> because the computer started talking when the people couldn't understand. Skynets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, good old technology. Yep. That's kind of what happens, you know. As I said it before, I swear technology is some kind of life because, one, we try to use it and it likes to torture us because it will be very slow or it doesn't want to do things and you're like, come on, and they're laughing at us, man. They know that we need them and it doesn't want to work. <laughs> so people, if you have computers, iPads or whatever, make sure to feed them, pet them if you need to, not sickly, but pet them, you know, uh, Make sure they have their coffee in the morning. <laughs> yes, keep me employed because that's my job is fixing other people's technological issues. Yeah. <laughs> IT massager. <laughs> Axel, the IT massage. <laughs> All right. So at or head on over, uh, follow us on social media, of course, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, um, for now. <laughs> I'm still saying for now. I don't. We've been saying it on the horror show for the past like two months, and I still haven't quit Tumblr yet. But I hardly ever use it. So if you find me on there, add me. I'll get an email about it. It'll be amazing. Um, but you can find Axel on uh, Facebook under uh, the Voice of Axel. Um, he has a fan page there, as well as uh, you also have an anime page too. Right? Yeah, I have uh, 
anime, uh, anime comics and manga page up okay. as well for just general uh, come out and chat about anime, comics, and manga. And I, I actually just posted something today about a uh, an, an anime that I absolutely adore. And so, yeah, go check it out. Okay. And then Heather also, she has her own... Um does her own business. Want to tell us a little bit about that real quick? Oh, sure. And we it's... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. It's called Your Story Discovered, and we are working with developers to create a new online software for writers, and it's gonna, it's supposed to help, in the long run, help writers uh, save money if they don't have the, mon the money for schooling or going to conferences and seminars. Mm. It does start out with your basic online word processor, with your checklist, um, and then of course be able to create an account and save on the cloud server so you can take it anywhere you want to through the web. Then it, then we do increase it with your character and plot development, very extensive questionnaires, uh, template building, trying to give writers the more structure they need from actual screenwriting uh, perspective with the acts and plot points. And then we also are bringing in our video tutorials and workbooks that we're going to be working with professionals and creating so you'll get the actual knowledge you get to continue your knowledge and to perfect your craft as well as know what it's like so you get to create your manuscript and know what to do with it when you're done oh nice and, of course, and that's at yourstorydiscovered.com and we are doing a kickstarter right now so you just got to do is go to yourstorydiscovered.com and it ends august 31st and we do have lifetime membership for $250 only on the Kickstarter. Nice. That's super cool. And, um, and of course, um, if you like what you hear and you want to continue hearing this for free, head on over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio. If you would like to, you can donate and you can even check out some other uh, random posts that we throw up there. Um, we want to try to keep ourselves as or want to keep everybody as in the loop on what's going on with us at all times. Uh, we also, um, ha I also have a Fiverr uh, page. It's, uh, I think it's Fiverr.com forward, sl Fiver forward slash Rotten Corpse Radio. And if you like some of the music that you, that you hear on some of our podcasts, not including the theme song to this song, but, or to, or to this podcast, but um, that'll be changing soon. Um, if you like some of the music or even want, would like uh, me to produce one of your podcasts, head on over there and we can start you off as low as $5. So there we go. And I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Um, this has been The Sci Files. And for Axel and Heather, my name Goodbye. is Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.